we are in our third week of a series looking at the relationship between our faith life and our work life. We kicked off the series by looking at three surprising truths from Scripture that reveal something about work. One, we said that work is good. God portrays himself as a craftsman who creates and organizes and gives jobs to Adam and Eve. Uh, second, we, because God gives us work, it's a gift. But it's a gift to become partners with him in creating and shaping the world. And third, we need work. Our souls crave work. We crave, long to make a contribution in our lives. It's through our work that we discover gifts and abilities. It is through that work that we get a real major component of who we are and how important we are for God's creation. Last week, we looked at five ways we could position ourselves to share our faith in our workplace. Those five were work well, do good, show signs, be ready to witness, and share prayer. Notice the first two, work well, do good, aren't necessarily faith-related. They simply place you in a position to win the respect and hearing from your fellow workers. This week, we're going to be looking at our gifts and talents and how to generate additional ones and learn how to apply those gifts and talents to our workplace. So, let's begin with a bold assertion that you are God's work of art. Whether you're here on campus or you're watching on the internet, you are the work of God, a work of art. You are God's workmanship, as Psalm 139 assures us, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And being a work of art, I'm saying that God has given you a unique blend of gifts, talents, skills, and experiences that he's not given to another, either in the past, the present, or in the future for that matter. And although we remain a work of art, God's work of art, we're also an unfinished work of art. Some of us a little more unfinished than others. The good news, though, is that though, through using and discovering your gifts and putting them into practice in your workplace, you become more and more who God created you to be. And God wants our workplace to be an environment where we can discover our giftedness as well as our passions so that we enjoy the work we do. When our work becomes the intersection of our gifts and our passion, when those meet in the workplace, we experience transformation, we experience ourselves as becoming God's work of art. So how do you discover gifts? How do you discover passions? And how do you find work that allows you to live in that sweet spot, if you will. In these days of graduations from middle school and high school and college, your gifts and passions come to the fore. Your gifts and passions are also in the front of your mind as young adults establishing a career path, or to people thinking about a second career after retirement, or to those who are re-entering the workforce after being home with kids for a while. And it's also helpful for all of us from time to time to reevaluate whether we're using our gifts and our passion 
or we're just going through the motions of work without them. To reiterate my central point, it is when gifts and passions find a workplace that we experience ourselves as God's work of art. I promise you that you will walk away today with some very key ideas, some action steps, and lots of resources that will help you feel and experience yourself as God's handiwork. We're going to look at a passage from 1 Corinthians. The Corinthians were a community that highly valued excellence and quality work. They prided themselves on being the world's producers of the finest mirrors and other material goods. So Paul, in his letter to them, addresses their giftedness and ours. What's he say? There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God, who produces all of them in everyone. So Paul mentions different kinds of spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are different from talents, abilities, or skills we possess. And that while our talents, skills, and abilities are natural and develop as we grow, spiritual gifts are supernatural and come to us through the power of our baptism. It needs to be said that in either case, whether we're talking natural gifts or spiritual gifts, they all come from God. They are all gifts that God has given to us, but it is we who develop them. That's the partnership in creation. Now, notice what Paul says about our gifts. He says, there are different gifts. Your gifts are not mine, and my gifts are not yours. Uh, that's because we're all different, and we're all called to different kinds of service for you and all out here on our campus and for all of you online. So, at the end of the day, our service, our work serves other people. Yeah, God has given you giftings, gifts, so that you can serve your customers, your clients, members of your organization, as well as your coworkers. Perhaps you're very clear about whom you serve. Perhaps you're not. Understanding whom you serve or to whose life you add value can help you develop this piece of the equation, your passion. If you lack clarity on who you serve at work, take some time to answer that question. Whom do I serve? A brief history, a brief personal history of mine. In 2010, I retired from being pastor of Our Lady of Grace just up Interstate 83. After five years of retirement, 2015, I realized that my skills and talents and gifts were not being practiced and my passion for ministry was not being felt. But where were these two things going to come together and be utilized in a very creative and energized way? Well, I found my way, I actually wandered into Nativity in 2015, and it became the place. It became the sweet spot for me. So it was a place for me to welcome the disenfranchised, to accept those turned off by the church, to embrace those who felt unworthy of God's love, to those who were scared and fearful. So I found a place where my gifts and my passion could meet. 
where I could help folks get reconnected to Jesus Christ, join to a community that makes no judgments and has no preconditions for inclusion. You all know that. That's why you're here. That's why we say we want to be the church that people who don't like church like. And as a staff member here, I can assure you that that desire drives many of the decisions we make and how we approach church. It fuels much of the passion and energy of this Mass we're celebrating. Can't you just feel it? As I said, knowing whom you serve will help fuel your passion and move you forward into a, play, a workplace. It's not selfish, by the way, to focus on your gifts, because when you are using your gifts, you can best serve others. As leadership author and communicator, John Maxwell says, you are most valuable where you add the most value. You are most valuable where you add the most value. This is a win-win of discovering your giftedness. You enjoy what you do, and guess what? Others benefit from it. St. Paul makes this point very well. He says, to each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. For some benefit. This leads us to the first way you can discover your gifts. We're back to this piece of the sweet spot. Receiving thanks. Whenever you have the experience of someone thanking you for work you've done or being amazed at something you do, that is a sign of your gifting. Pay attention if someone writes you a note, takes time to send you an email, or says out loud, wow, that thing you did is amazing. My friend, that's a hint that you're exercising a gift. And it's especially a sign if it came easy for you to do or you didn't think it was anything special. Often when we have a natural ability or a spiritual gift, we think everyone can do what we do. Uh-uh. No, that's not so. Second, what brings you joy? To drill deeper into this and to know what work you really enjoy, I would ask you, when does it thrill you that people thank you for something? When does it thrill you when people thank you for something? If it pleases you or gives you extra joy to hear a thank you, that's an indication of your giftedness or something you want to do more of and get good at doing it. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, Father Michael and Tom met a man from Ave Maria Press by chance, or I like to think by God's divine providence. He and Tom went to a conference, a convention here in Baltimore that was hosted by Catholic publishers. The two of them walked around and around and around the, consul, the, the, the hall trying to pass off their first book proposal. After striking out, hard to imagine Father Michael striking out on anything except possibly playing baseball, <laughs> they stopped by the Ave Maria press booth. There was only one guy at the booth. Father Michael made a comment to him that the book covers in their booth were very attractive. Immediately, Father could tell that his comment pleased the guy. The guy smiled and said, well, thank you. I have been working to improve them. The connection was made, and the fellow took Father and Tom's proposal. When 
father asked him what his role was in the company, he said, I'm the CEO. That is how they met Tom Grady, who decided to publish all the five rebuilt books and is publishing right now the sixth one to come. Clearly, Tom Grady delighted in creating the covers. Whatever delights you to be thanked for gives you an indication of where you should be working. <laughs> Third, where are you the go-to person? Another way you can discover your gifts is by knowing where you are the go-to person in your family, social group, or an organization. When there is a need or a project comes up, what do people immediately look to you to do? Or if there are certain issues that people come to you often for advice or counsel, that's probably a gift you're expressing and they're acknowledging. The truth is, we come to understand our gifts and passion by what we do well. What part of the body are you? Number four. We also come to know our gifts in this way. We see this by looking at another phrase from Corinthians. As a body is one, though many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Paul describes the church as a body with many parts. This is not an analogy. The church is the body of Christ, the physical arms and feet and eyes of the body of Christ in this world. Paul describes the various aspects of the body and how each part needs the other. So, you can't operate a car without your eyes. You can't operate dangerous machinery without the help of your eyes. Or manipulate the world in a meaningful way or precise way without your eyes. The hand and the eye have different strengths, different abilities. The hand can't do what the eye can do, and vice versa. The same is true for every individual. You have some giftings and abilities. You also have some weaknesses and working frustrations. They don't have to threaten you. In your current job, you probably have some work you wish you could delegate and get rid of. It has been found that the most effective and the most joyful people in, your, in their work limit the amount of time that they work outside their core competencies and interests, while acknowledging the important work of others in those areas. They see their limited gifts as a reminder of our need for one another. They figure out how to team up with others or delegate their weaknesses. They see their weaknesses then as an opportunity for others to use their strengths with no sense of loss on our part. So when there is work that must be done that is a weakness for you, be thoughtful and creative about how you can enlist some help. So if you are a leader, look to delegate as many of your weaknesses as you can. If you are at an entry-level position, look around for help from other coworkers. If you have to work in an area of weakness, which we all have to do from time to time, Communicate to your boss or supervisor that you're willing to do whatever it takes to help the organization, but long-term, working in that weakness will not help you add the most value to the organization, which is what you want to do. 
our weaknesses and frustrations are usually pretty obvious to us. But we also have some competencies that aren't in our sweet spot. They are not the place where you add the most value. We can learn from them by looking at the gifts and abilities of others as well. So, let me tie it up in a nice, neat package for you. Ways to discover your gifts. Receiving thanks. What brings you joy? Where are you the go-to person? And what part of the body are you? One of my favorite pastors, after you know who, is Andy Stanley of the North Point Church in Atlanta. He's a phenomenal preacher and leader. He works big time in his giftedness and his passion at North Point Church. He tells the story of playing the piano in high school and thought that he might pursue a career as a musician until his first day of college when he went into the student lounge and heard someone playing 10 times better than he could play and realized, hmm, maybe piano is a good hobby, but it's not going to be my career path. We all want to work in our sweet spots, but to do that takes some effort and reflection on our part. So here are two suggestions for moving forward on that work you can do, and then I'll end with a final point. Number one, invite the Holy Spirit into the process. Today is the Feast of Pentecost, and we celebrate that the Holy Spirit is given to us both as a church and as individuals in that church. Take it from me, the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your gifts and abilities, that part of the sweet spot, and your passions as well. And then to help create that workplace as a sweet spot. Ask the Holy Spirit to reflect on your work experiences and come to a deeper understanding of how you can transform that workplace. This is key. You won't find your gifts by just sitting on your duff. You'll discover your gifts by working and then reflecting on those experiences. The Jesuits call it contemplatives in action. We act, we reflect, we understand what God is doing in our lives. If you want some help in how to do that, just visit our website, churchnativity.com top three. We have created a PDF to guide you in that prayer and reflection. On the big screens, there's a QR code appearing now that will tell you or take you to our top three. Block out 30 minutes this week, and I promise you, you're going to get results. Second, on that PDF, there are resources that will help you find your gifts and talents. That's this part of the sweet spot. Here are a few we have used here at Nativity. One is Working Genius, a very simple and inexpensive survey that tells you what aspects of a project you like to do, that is, where your passion and joy are in what you do. That's the, this part of the sweet spot. The second resource is Strength Finders, which tells you your five top strengths. A third choice is a book called Stand Out, which focuses on your top two strengths. We will list these resources in the document on our homepage. Final thought. 
This last thought is for people who are already in their sweet spot. Praise God for that. Even right now, thank God in your heart that you have found work that you enjoy. It is a true blessing to be right here, right now. Not everyone may be experiencing it, but everyone can get there to conclude. God has created you as his unique work of art. As I said earlier, there is not another you anywhere on earth, past, present, or future. He's created you to do him some definite service and work he has given to no one else. As our message series shouts each week, you are made for Monday. Trust that God wants your job, your career, to be the place that you can discover it. And discover it, you can. Thanks for watching. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful that you're part of this community.